Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path to spiritual living. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Creations revealing your majesty From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring Every creature unique in the song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable
Wow, that was awesome. Can we give them another hand? This is the second time I was moved <laughs> and full from your singing, and I really thank you. You know, there really is power in the music ministry, so thank you so much for that. Um, for, you, for those of you who don't know me, as they mentioned, I am Reverend Kelly Coles. It feels good to say it. I just graduated. I'm now Reverend Kelly Coles. And I'm very humbled by it when I realized, um, because I thought I was going to be Reverend after I was ordained. And then right before I went out of town to go to my graduation, I was talking to um, one of the Unity ministers, and um, they were asking me at Unity Church of Flint, so are you going to be ordained? And I was like, I don't know. And then Reverend Mary Covington, who's up there, said, yes, you will. Will be, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's powerful. <laughs> so it is uh, a pleasure to be here again. Thank you so much for having me come back. Um, I always enjoy myself when I'm here, and I have some guests. My son and my daughter are back, and they brought their friends with them. Um, One of them will probably be my daughter-in-law one day, so that's nice. Um, and then, I, I know, no pressure, but they're talking about it, so you know, they're young, but you gotta accept what your children say. And then I have my girlfriend here and her fiance, they're getting married too. And I thank you for coming, guys. Um, when you have support along your walk, it's very powerful, my kids have, um, even before I was in Unity, when I had my church with my uh, ex-husband, my second ex-husband, they came with me to church and, um, we got to go to church. Yes, we got to go to church. <laughs> and Dion was two, and he'd run around the church and um, get up under the chairs, and we just assumed that it was just, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was listening to um, this comedian. His name is Michael Jr. Have any of you ever heard of him? If you get a chance, watch him. He is funny, and he is good, clean funny. Um, a lot of churches ask him to come speak uh, to do his little comedy act, and there was one he was talking um, when I was listening to him. Um, he was talking about his days in church when he was growing up, you know, and he was saying that he hated it because it was six hours long. He said that they go downstairs, they get a sandwich and come back upstairs, and he was thinking, what is this, halftime? <laughs> well, one time when he was seven years old, he said he had come into the church, and it had already been weeks of him getting used to hearing the, uh, this, he said, it, he called it this guy up there trying to clear his throat, because he would be like, and the guy said, <gasps> and God said, <gasps> and he said one day he told his grandmother, I know why he's so irritated, he needs to clear his throat, he needs to gargle, you got that salt water ready? And then he said he came into church again, and there was this dead body in a box in the front of the church. Now, for, he said for a seven-year-old Michael Jr., that was scary. That was interesting. And then there's this man up there, the same guy who was screaming the, day before, the uh, Sunday before, up there yelling that there was their fault that he was dead. So he said, he looks over to his grandmother and he says, Grandmother, he said, Grandmama, what happened to the man in the box? And she, he said that all she could say was, he's in a better place now. 
And he thought about it and said, well, what kind of box did he live in before? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Isn't it funny how kids think like that? <laughs> I still laugh when I think of that. <laughs> you know, we are created in God's image and God's likeness. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it, it says that we are, well, let me read it because I like to read from the actual Bible. You know, this is it's powerful when you read it. And I know a lot of unity churches don't use scripture, but Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who were the co-founders of unity, they use scripture. So I, when I... Um, started uh, coming to Unity. I, went to, I was starting at Renaissance Unity, and I started reading the books like um, 12 Powers of Man, Lessons in Truth, um, the, uh, Teach Us to Pray, these books by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, Healing Letters, and what I loved the most, which I didn't really feel like I got at other churches, is that spiritual metaphysical interpretation and how we could use it in our life, how scripture can be used in your life. And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were the king and queen of doing that themselves, going according to the teachings of Jesus, our master teacher in unity. So I use scripture, and I love it, and I love studying it. So I'm going to be reading from Genesis. This, this is just a pull together that we are created in God's image and likeness in Genesis 1, uh, verse 26, it says, let, it says, then God said, let us make, I'm just kidding, <laughs> let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now think about that. Let us make man in our image to be like us. So being created in God's image and to be like God, we have the power within ourselves to create. That spark that was breathed into Adam. And then when Adam woke up, was used by taking the rib from Adam when God put him back to sleep. And it doesn't say he woke up again, if you think about it. You read through there, it doesn't say anywhere. Roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. What if we're still dreaming? Hmm, just a thought that hit me right now. And anyway, being created in God's image and likeness, there's something in this world that we are, we are created to be. God had a vision when God created man. And we are here to co-create that. When I thought about that, I was thinking, well, what is God's vision? And interestingly enough, this, sermon, this talk came to me last month to speak on, and it is entitled, Being the Image and Likeness of God's Vision. Being the Image and Likeness of God's vision. And when it came to me, it came to me because last month, the month of June represents imagination. 
And so I was talking about God's vision in the terms of imagination. So when I went to ponder for today's talk, and I sat with God, the same talk came up to speak on. I'm like, but that was for imagination, God. And God said, yeah, but you need spiritual understanding to truly use and co-create with your imagination. Sock it to them with the being the image and likeness of God's presence. So I'm going to sock it to you with the being an image and likeness of God's presence. What is God's vision? Now, the scripture we are going to use for today is, is coming from Proverbs. And I love Proverbs, and this is one of my most favorite, 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 favorite scriptures. And you guys might have heard it before. I'm going to read the King James Version first because that's the one that's the most popular. It says, this is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You heard that before? Hmm. And lean not onto thine own, what? Understanding. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Now, when I prepare what I like to do, and it moves me into a deeper understanding, of course I use the fourth unity principle, which is prayer, meditation, sitting with God, creating that relationship with God, spending time with God, realigning your mind with God. Of course I use that, but I also use different interpretations of Scripture because based off the different interpretations, like the King James Version was made eloquently according to Shakespearean writing. But sometimes you don't, under, you don't understand really what he's saying, what the, what the Bible's saying. So I like it in plain words. There was this one movie that said, tell it to me in a, in a, in a way that a six-year-old could understand it. And that's what I like. I like it to be plain. So what I use is the New Living Translation, and I like this one that I got because it has the big words. I can see it a little better. If I forget my glasses, I can see it better. And this, in this version, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. It says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, this is something that Jesus did. And we know this because Jesus talked about God all the time. And Jesus used visioning because every time somebody came to him that was sick, he saw them as whole, healthy, and complete. Thoughts held in mind, what? Produce after your kind. Does anybody remember what unity principle that is? The third unity principle. Thoughts held in mind, produce after your kind. Now, I love this because if someone came to Jesus claiming one thing that was in error, he always corrected them. He saw past what was going on. So when Mary came running to him saying, if you were here, Lazarus would have been alive, he said he's only sleeping. He saw past it. So when there was death, Jesus saw life. Lazarus wasn't the only one he raised. He raised a little 12-year-old girl that he was going to heal at the time that the lady who had the hemorrhaging for 12 years touched the hem of his skirt. Does anybody remember that? He 
also healed a little boy that was being led out of the town with his mother crying behind him. Now, that was a big thing because the sons were the heads of the household. So with her, her son, her only son being dead, there was no one to take over. She was a widow, widower, a widow, and she had no, no children. So how was she going to take care of herself? Back then, they didn't have too much provision like SSI or Social Security. People can't wait sometimes to get turned 65. Or what is the age? Is it 65 to get Social Security? No, not anymore. 67? Oh, my goodness. Now people who, when they pushed it up, people were like, ah! But at that time, Jesus saw him healed, touched him, and he was healed. Thoughts held in mind, produced after their kind. When there was people who needed to be fed, the multitudes needed to be fed, and the disciples said, can you send them away so they can go get something to eat? Jesus said, feed them yourselves. We got it here. He said, how do we have this food here? All we have are a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And Jesus saw the multitudes fed, and they were fed. Not only were they fed, there was a lot left over. And he did it twice. Visioning. But that's spiritual vision. Charles Fillmore, in his book, The Revealing Words, says spiritual vision is seeing the good, the true, and the beautiful in everything, everywhere. But what is God's vision? How was Jesus demonstrating God's vision? Hmm. I pondered that. And as I pondered that, I went into leaning not on my own understanding because when I looked at what Jesus did, his miracles, in demonstrating God's vision, that didn't bring me to it. Lean not on your own understanding. You get limited by what you see. But when you move past what you see and you seek to do the God's will, I seek to do your will, God. I seek to understand. The Bible says, ask and you shall what? Receive. The Bible says, seek and you shall what? The Bible says, knock and what? The door shall be open. So anything you want to know, just like just wanting to know, what do you want me to talk on, God? What is your vision? Go inside. Seek it. It comes just as and it doesn't have to be something like, it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be the next job. It could be what, how do we strengthen this relationship. It could be, God, give me some peace. It could be, why am I feeling so restless? Usually the reason why you're feeling restless is because you're not being the image and likeness of God's vision. I love how that sounds. Being the image and likeness of God's vision. Say that with me. Being the image and likeness of God's vision. So what did Jesus talk about all the time? Actually, the first thing that said he talked about is that he began to preach that something was at hand. Do you know what it was he was preaching that was at hand? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Some, he says the kingdom of heaven. He said is at a hand. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And, and, sometimes, and actually, the true way that is written, because it's been translated so many times, is the kingdom of heavens. Why the kingdom of heavens? Because the kingdom of heavens is spiritual consciousness. 
And there are so many dimensions in spiritual consciousness. In the Bible, Jesus said, I go to that in my father's house are many mansions. How are you going to have mansions in a house? When you look at what that truly means, it means in the consciousness of God, in spiritual consciousness, there are many dimensions. You can go up or down. Actually, is inside of yourself. How far are you willing to go down that rabbit hole of your spiritual awareness of who you are? So he talked about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That not only is the kingdom of heaven at hand, but the kingdom of heaven is within you. Hmm. Okay, God. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm making some connections while, I'm, while I was preparing for this. I'm getting it. And I'm getting to a deeper spiritual understanding. Your vision is to demonstrate. At first it came to me to create heaven on earth. Your vision is to create heaven on earth. But if heaven is already in you, heaven's already created. The Bible said that when the firmament was made, there was heaven and earth there. So heaven's already created. We are here to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven that is within us. And that is by seeing the good, seeing the true, and seeing the beautiful in any experience of your life. Now, I have a young man here who came with my daughter. His name is Marcellus. Really powerful young man. But this is the thing he's gone through, that he's had his experience of the valley of the shadow of death. There was, last week, this guy speeding down Coolidge, 80 miles per hour in a 40-mile zone. Hits two cars, they flip over. Woman in one car, a man in another. The man ends up dying when he gets to the hospital. The mother gets to the hospital. She's in critical condition. This is Marcellus' mother. He's going through right now hell inside. Hell inside. But knowing because his mom raised up in God, raised him up in God, that God is in this situation. My daughter texts us to, to, to pray. We pray. In a moment when they have to do surgery or whatever, try to make a decision, and they say it may be that she may not make it, we're going to need someone to pull the plug if that happens. She calls me, and we start praying. Everything I'm saying, he already knows. This is a 25-year-old boy, man, raised up as a boy in the Word, knowing the vision of God. And I said, heaven is in there. The presence of God is there. He knows this. He knows this. He's being the image for his family of peace in heaven, for his family. So when I get off the phone with him, he goes and he's with his grandmother. He's spending time with his grandmother. And when he got a chance to talk to his mom, she's in a coma. And they say she's not going to make it. He gets to go talk to her. When you're being the image and likeness of God's vision, when you're being the presence of heaven, he gave his mother peace beyond all understanding to let go. She was in agony. She had broken bones, internal bleeding, brain swelling. The surgery they had done on her skull was to open up her skull so her brain would have room. He was still at peace. Now, he's hurting still. Of course, the human side hurts. 
and then said he'd come here to see me speak. His mom ended up passing away. And the funeral's on Thursday. But he's still walking in the image and likeness of God's vision by inside of himself, imaging and understanding that God's peace is still there. Now, to go through that kind of thing, it takes some spiritual understanding to say, I release you, Mom. Go and know you are in God's hands. That's spiritual understanding. That's being, and to pray with her, hold her hand as she squeezed his hand, and to see peace on her face because he spoke peace into her. That's being the image and likeness of God. When I was, uh, when my brother was in um, high school, man, that boy was a rebel. He's still a little bit of a rebel, but he was really a rebel then. He was the baby of the family, too, and then all five of us. And I'm the oldest, and all, all of us down to him spoiled him rotten. So he had my parents spoiling him rotten, and then he had his four sisters and brothers spoiling him rotten. He was a rebel. You couldn't tell him anything. He got in an accident on his, during his senior mixer, and I knew I had a feeling it was going to happen. I had a dream about it. And his car was totaled. And I called my mom. I was like, did he call you? She's like, no. It, didn't, it hadn't happened yet. But then eventually I got a call and it had happened. Okay, so in my family, we have the visioning. We know, know things are going to happen. We hear it. We feel it. We sense it's there. The spirit of, of imagination coming in all those ways. Fast forward several years to 1996. Christmas Day. I'm feeling... His uh, baby, I'm, I'm helping, I'm taking care of his baby. I'm at, I'm, we're at my mom and dad's house, and they're getting ready to go over to um, his wife's grandmother's house to get their gifts. The baby's eight months old. I'm helping the baby, um, take the baby out of the playpen. He starts walking for the first time. He's only eight months old. It's Christmas Day. I'm so excited. His name is Amani. Beautiful, beautiful baby. I pick him up, and I get this feeling that it was the last time I was going to hold him. I go to put him in his car seat. It's a brand new car seat. My brother had broken his left arm, so he was using his right arm. I said, John, why don't you practice opening that car seat? Because it's new. We are. We're going to be fine. So he brings the baby into the kitchen, puts him on the counter. My mom and I give him a hug and a kiss. I get a shudder again. John, will you practice opening that car seat? He's fine. So he puts the baby in the car, um, puts him in perfect and everything. When they're going out, backing out of the car, out of the driveway, I turn to close the door. I see lights come backing out of the driveway on the garage, but I also all of a sudden see an accident and an explosion. Long story short, there was an accident. My brother got out. He was, able to, he was on fire. He was able to get himself out. Luckily, it snowed a lot, so he could put himself out. Got around, was able to yank the door open, but he had broken his right arm opening that door, got his wife out, couldn't get the baby out. The baby ex- uh, died in the explosion of the car. When we found out the news, I was so angry. Why would you give me this gift? God, and I can't stop it? Intellectually, that didn't make sense to me. How could you give me a gift like this, give my family a gift like this, and you couldn't stop it? I couldn't stop it. You didn't tell me how to stop it? That didn't make any sense to me. I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. 
eight months old. That didn't make sense to me. And my, ba- my brother's in the hospital all burned out, healing and grieving his baby's loss. And his wife, she's burned up, her head so swelled up, and she's grieving the baby's loss. God, why would you give me this gift? And I can't stop it. Lean not on your own understanding. See God in all you do. And he will direct your path. I heard, and this was a couple months later. I didn't give you the gift to stop my will. I gave you the gift to be the presence of heaven. To pray with them, whoever it is you're with. When they're grieving or in sorrow. You are my presence of peace beyond all understanding. And that was what I was being for my brother and my wife, my, his wife. Oh, spiritual understanding. From that moment on, everything shifted for me. We are here to be the image and likeness of God's vision. And each and every one of you have your own way of demonstrating that. And in each and every situation, you can look at that situation and ask God, in this situation, even if it's an amazing situation going on, because I promise you, it can go higher, it can be better, it can be deeper, you can be a deeper expression of heaven. Whatever's going on in this world, the things that you see, the things that make you angry, be the presence of God. Pray for it. Whatever's going in your li- on in your life, whatever it is, in that moment, be the presence of God. And God will tell you, because you're not going to be the presence of God with your own understanding. You're not leaning on your own understanding. You're going to go in and seek, how do I show up as heaven? And when you seek it, you will what? Find. I am the presence of heaven. Together, I am the presence of heaven. I am being the image and likeness of God's vision. Together, I am being the image and likeness of God's vision. Do you think you could do that? Yes? Yes? I think so, too. I am heaven on earth. Together, I am heaven on earth. See it. Believe it. Receive it and be it. And for you and anyone you're being that presence of God's vision for, it will be so. And so it is. Amen.
Yeah.